Boomcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Boomcast. We have another exciting episode here for you today. As always, I am your host, Storm. I have my co-host, uh, Jim. Hey, what's up, guys? If you could just do us a favor real quick, uh, like, comment, and subscribe, and turn on those notifications. It would really help out the channel and the cast. Yep. Share this uh, this post, this video. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. He is a entrepreneur, the co-founder of Nations Group and Insured as well as an advisor at Manhead Merch, among other things. We're going to find out. Uh, welcome, Patrick Mahoney. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me, and hello to everybody. So, Patrick, uh, we usually like to uh, get a little background on our guests for people who might not know you. Um, kind of simple question for you. Uh, who is Patrick Mahoney today? Like, How would you describe yourself to people? Uh, pretty lucky, actually. That's, that's what I go with. You know, it's... it's uh... Since we started Nations and got into esports, um, which I know this podcast mainly focuses on, um, mm-hmm. it's been it's been it's been fun. You know, there's been some bad days, but you know the good days have outnumbered the bad days, and uh, learned a lot. Uh, met a lot of great people that I normally probably normally wouldn't have met if I had stayed in music, and and uh, you know learning new stuff every day, and and uh, you know just just loving every day. To be honest, right on. Yeah, not many people would. Uh be so honest to say, you know, they maybe had a little luck play, play a role to getting to where they are. You know what I mean? Um, so I was curious, first question for you, were you always an entrepreneur? I know you mentioned your music background and I was going to touch on that, but were you always an entrepreneur? Did you ever like start out as like a normal nine to five kind of guy or? Not really. Um, I got my first job, uh, in music merchandising, I guess in 90, well, before that, I was in a band and, you know, fairly convinced that I was going to be a rock star. Right. You know, um, when those dreams came crashing down in like, I guess it was 95, um, dropped from the label, girlfriend broke up with me, just a whole sad story. Um, I had to get a job, right? So it was uh, with, a, with a screen printer that printed all my band stuff. And, you know, we had actually on our last tour, had managed to lose a box of T-shirts, literally six dozen T-shirts. Um, and didn't have any money, you know, mm-hmm. you know, none. Right. And, and I don't know what six, seven, you know, $400 worth of t-shirts or something. And, and, and uh, so I'm like, I went back and I'm like, tell you what, I don't have a job. I don't have any money, but if you give me a job, I'll pay back the shirts, keep like three bucks out of my $7 an hour or whatever I get a paycheck and until those are paid off. And, and, and I'll, if you could give me a job, that'd be amazing. So I, I got a job cleaning screens in the, in the, in the screen room of the, of the screen printer. Right. Basically never left. Right. At least, at least, at least spiritually. Right. I've always, since then, I've, can't tell you the last time I've cleaned a screen, but, um, never left, you know, merchandising and apparel and, and, and licensing. So, yeah. It was uh, there like a transfer of, uh, creativity, I guess, from like the music to, uh, cause it, it is another form of art. I mean, clothing design, you know, uh was that like a natural transition for you did you did it uh spark something in you like you know when you first started doing that yeah that's a great question actually and it wasn't say the visual art but it was the art of making deals or the art of going to a band and saying hey let us do your merchandise and pay you a royalty and and figure out a way to get it into at the time retailers like hot topic and things like that um that's really what it, it spurned. So I've, I've always sort of done you know business development and i and, and i'm pretty certain that the screen job didn't last that long because i probably after my first day i'm like i gotta get out of here so so 
so it was like, I, you know, I probably started scheming right away, which was like, Hey, I know these bands or like, Hey, do you ever think of doing this? And, you know, I eventually worked my way into, at least I had a desk and a phone. Um, yeah. and I just started calling all these bands that I knew, you know? And it, yeah. And I it, guess it, I guess it helped because you, you were on the other side, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that transition would have been cool for you. Yeah. And it just grew from there. You know, I mean, we ended up, I, they ended up giving me like a small piece of the company and I ended up quitting like a year later in like a fury of like young 20 something year old arrogance. Ambition. <laughs> arrogance. Arrogance. Um, yeah. With, with some ambition and, 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 uh, you know, but I don't think I've ever worked with the exception of one time. I don't think I've worked for, um, like a big company or right? I've never worked for a major corporation. It's always been like, you know, independently owned or, 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 or at least owned by a small specialist music company. I never worked right. for Warner brothers or anything like that. Uh, you know, the time that I have where I did a stint with a company that was owned by a private equity firm. And that was like the worst three years of my life. But other than that, it's been pretty, pretty been, been able to write my own ticket. Right. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I'm employable at this point. The true, <laughs> the true hustle, the true hustle, huh? Yeah. 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 I mean, they say like the entrepreneurial spirit is like, you know, it's, it's something, it's hard to put out and people who have it, they, they don't really fit well into the mold of, you know, corporate America, I guess you could say. Yeah. That's, I, I say that's true. Yeah. I say that's true. So washing screens, would that be equivalent to like, you know, the dishwasher in a kitchen, like that entry level, like, uh, into the clothing business. <laughs> is there something lower than a dishwasher in a restaurant? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That um, would be the lowest for me. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, the answer would be yes. Okay. Cause, well. cause you, you guys know how screen printing works, right? You have these screens and it literally has this emulsion on there that you burn out the part you want ink to come through. Right. So, so as you press the ink through, you, that's how you get your shirt. So at the end of a, a print run, we would actually, you know, clean them up and reclaim them to use them again. And I had to basically take all the ink out. And as you can imagine, it's, you know, very viscous, not at all water soluble, you know. Yeah, so. right. Are we talking yeah. with the, uh, it's like a, a wooden thing with a rubber lip on it and you actually press it through? Yeah. Yeah. That's the hand way. I mean, they've got machines that sort of. Do okay. Yeah. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. yeah technology. Yeah. I remember but, back in uh, college, uh, uh, part my partner and I had on a. I, I went to one year of graphic design college uh, mm. back in the day, and uh, my partner and I on a project uh, we had to do a design and, and transfer it to print. Mm. So uh, we kind of got a little dabble in the screen printing thing. We had a, a screen made. And then I remember we were sitting in my parents' laundry room at like midnight, just trying with pouring paint on and like scraping it through with this thing, trying to get it yeah. perfect, trying to get it right. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Hands full yeah. of paint. <laughs> you know, it's screen printing is not, there is technology, you know, obviously, but you know, the, the, the basics haven't probably changed since it was invented. Right. You know, it's still a very primitive, primitive way to print. What are the, what are the other, uh, I guess, ways to get you know uh design on a shirt these days i know there's embroidery obviously is there another uh avenue other than screen heat pro you know heat press letters or, right, or, right. or shapes and things like that you know um sublimation is something we use a lot on the esports side because it's a it's you're basically taking rolls you know if you look at any esports jersey they start as rolls of white polyester fabric mm -hmm. and you actually inject 
all the color into the fabric. So it's a part uh, of the, yeah. Yeah. And then you cut the fabric and sew it. So, you know, most, most esports jerseys are, are custom made like that. So with that versus like heat press, there's no peeling or no, Correct. uh, yeah. Cracking things like that. Correct. Cool. Yeah. I got my girlfriend a cricket for Christmas and she made me a, a hoodie and just iron on with the everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, technology's come a long way. That machine you got is crazy. <laughs> you can print anything you want. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, you kind of answered my next question, which what, what, what was your first business venture, I guess? Actually, maybe not. What was your first business venture on your own, would you say, um, rather you than know, working the- for someone? I mean, play, being in the being in a band at that time, you know, mid '80s to mid '90s, playing the kind of music we did, which was like sort of punk rock and underground stuff. It's it's basically a business, you know. We were booking all our own shows. We were putting on our own music, right? You know, um, just running our own. You know, we didn't have lawyers and managers and any of that stuff. We just didn't even know that stuff existed, really, or, or we sort of knew, right? But in, in our reality, it was just like. You had a network of people in your region or your country or whatever, and you'd you sort of call up and you'd string tours together and and, uh, and kind of uh, go with the flow, huh? Just, just go with the flow, which is crazy because if you asked me to like leave my house without a cell phone today, I think you were crazy. But you know, we'd set out not even knowing we we're going to be in a week and having to like find someone by payphone, <laughs> wow, like with, without an answering machine. It's yeah. like, oh, we're, we're in Kansas, we're not sure where to go next. You know, and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just that true band life, you know, pack up the van and go. Yeah. But I was, it was just never scared. It never occurred to be afraid of it or anything. I was, you know, 18 yeah. and, and just like, let's do this. Let's eat ketchup packets. Who cares? <laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, a lot of that's probably stuck with me and probably a lot of that sort of informs my entrepreneurship because I kind of, you know, sounds dramatic because it's like playing in a punk band is not at the end of the day, there's a parent that the your butt out of trouble if you got stuck somewhere, but like sort of never really had a safety net. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you know, and it's probably stuck with me. It's, you know, it's changed over the years. I, I, I obviously hopefully have evolved as a human being, but, but, but uh, yeah, a lot of that core stuff is still there, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but that's one of the reasons I really was attracted to esports. Right on. Uh, before we jump there, so yeah. what did you play? Uh, is the music online? Like, can I listen to some of this later or what? <laughs> you can. I play guitar. Uh, it's all on a couple, there's a couple of things on Spotify. Okay. Because um, I'm a huge punk rock guy, so. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, um, okay, I'll tell you offline. Okay. Sounds good. For sure. Because I don't know. Should I be pushing? Should I should I be pushing my twenty five year old broken up band on your podcast? No, no, no. That's that's fine. I just <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was curious. Yeah. I'm always down to listen to new music. You know what I mean. So, so you played guitar though. I played guitar. When yeah. did you start? What age did you start playing guitar? Did you pick that up? I started as a drummer, um, playing along to Iron Maiden records. Um, and why did I switch to guitar? Um, well, I played drums because in fourth grade, that's when they started music in my school, and I'm like. You know, so it's like trumpet flute, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, percussion, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? What's the closest thing to like Aerosmith or something like that? It's like drums, yeah. You know, and and then um, I switched to guitar. I think literally the reason that almost everyone switches instruments, like in high schools, because like there was already a drummer that was better than me. 
You, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, if we're going to have a band, we can't have two drummers. Right. So, so okay, I'll play guitar. Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. I took one, and I took one lesson. He tried to teach me Stairway to Heaven. I'm like, dude, I'm so out of here. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, no, no, no. It, was, it wasn't Stairway to Heaven. It was solo to a Pink Floyd song. Uh, Another Brick in the Wall, which now I can say, you know, genius band, David Gilmore, genius musician. At the time, I'm like, this sounds nothing like the Sex Pistols or the Clash. Get it out of here. Right. You know? Yeah. So. And do you, do you still play to this day, like for, uh, casually? Uh, I do. Um, Again, other parallels we could talk about later about barriers of entry coming way down. I mean, we sort of touched it with the screen printing and the machine you bought. It's like, mm. you know, now I can basically, for a couple thousand bucks, have a studio right over here that used to be 500 bucks a day. Right. Know? Very true. You know? And um, I could do stuff on my own, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I do occasionally. Yeah. It's yeah. always good to know because, like, I know I have some friends who, you know, they got into music, you know, uh, grade school, whatever. And uh, it's just always refreshing to hear whether or not you're pursuing it professionally that, you know, they still play for the passion of it and for the love yeah. of the music. It's, it's, it's yeah, like yeah. therapy in a way, no? Yeah. And then after, you know, 20 years in the music business, getting into esports where I spend, you know, 70% of my time or, or so. I mean, we still have the music company, but I spend most of my time doing esports stuff it's like i'm actually appreciating music again because it's no longer a job yeah right yeah so you're it's on actually the other been, side looking at it yeah yeah so it's like rediscovering things i've got this big vinyl habit again you know everything old is new you know and it's it's a uh, yeah like i said pretty lucky yeah i was taking a look at your uh, twitter timeline there's a lot of vinyls on there i was i was like that's pretty awesome you got a good collection yeah. going Thanks. I need to, I need to, I need to cut back. My wife's going in trouble with my wife. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Jimbo, I'll give you the next question. Uh, I was going to ask. Um, so like that era of music and everything, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Nirvana and punk rock and stuff like that, like geographically speaking, like where did you actually like start um, in the United States? Like where were you at that kind of influenced that genre? Yeah. I lived in Boston. Um, I grew up in Boston and um there's always a good hardcore scene and punk rock scene in Boston and New York and DC were like big scenes. And we all sort of knew each other and each other's bands and yeah. a lot of the bands would go back and forth between those cities. Um, and that's where I basically, you know, grew up. Um, but you're right. I mean, it was when Nirvana broke, like, that's when the possibilities yeah. opened up. Because actually came was, from the Pacific Northwest, right? Like Seattle. Yeah. I mean, basically what happened in three sentences is we started as hardcore bands, decided we wanted to be Guns N' Roses. So we grew our hair out as yeah. best we could. And then Nirvana came along and we got shorter haircuts and realized that, you know, we could play more punk rock and sort of be a little bit more DIY. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in... Um, Southern California and I used to listen to punk rock a lot and it was like black leather jackets with studs and we're listening to TSOL and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, um, I, lived, I lived in Huntington Beach for 20 years. That's where he's from. from. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was I of, uh, okay, man. Hey. I went to Mesa, I went to Mesa View middle school. All right. Yeah. Well, and, I lived, uh, we had a place Slater and Edwards or uh, Slater and I forget the cross street. Uh, the other near the park though. Yeah, Central Park. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I lived in a mobile home park, uh, Sierra, 
right off of Warner and Edwards, where okay. that uh, Steve's Charburger is. Yeah. And then right next door, I used to hang out at the aftermath skate shop that was there for like ever. And then they ended up closing down. But yeah, man, like I went to, um, so I went to elementary school in Costa Mesa yeah. and then um, moved to Huntington in like sixth grade, went to Mesa View, ended up going to Huntington as opposed to like either Marina or Ocean View just because yeah. I wanted to be on their surf team. And yeah, the rest is history. So yeah. that's not something you'll ever hear up in Canada, a surf team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know, do you know Joe Nelson? Uh, I've heard of him. Yeah. Okay. It's all weird. He's like, basically, he's like basically the, the, the sort of spiritual center of like, you know, orange County punk rock and hardcore. Yeah. 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 I'll have to look him up. That's crazy he's though. A, small world. Super yeah. small world, man. Yeah. This is an esports podcast, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, <laughs> we like to pull people in from all you know yeah, facets and nah, I'm just talk. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, my next question was getting back into the esports stuff. So, what was your first interaction with esports? I guess, and since that first interaction, has you know, obviously through the clothing business, you're you're working within the esports scene. But is that your only uh, involvement in the esports scene? Like. How did you get involved, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. And uh, what are you doing within the scene now? Well, I'm not. You can't call me a game. That's 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 that'd be completely unfair. I, I had a 2600 Atari 2600 when I was a kid. Um, I guess I spent some time in arcades or whatever. And there's been an Xbox or two in my past. Um, um, but I'm not really a gamer. Uh, you know, my son is. Um, but, you know, really, you know, to sort of start at the beginning, um, I forget who, I have a co-founder named Chris Cornell, not the Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. My, my Chris Cornell's very much alive in Jersey right okay. now. Actually, I'm actually going to see him Monday. Um, we, we had gotten introduced to esports through somebody, you know, uh, like a VC of some sort, which, you know, actually in hindsight, is very foreboding. Venture mm -hmm. capitalism introduced us to esports. And, and uh, we got introduced to a couple teams, signed a couple teams, didn't really understand the business, managed to, you know, treated it like a, a band. Right. Didn't, go didn't go great. Yeah. But we sort of had the bug, and we ended up being invited to ESL Cologne. And this is probably five summers ago, four or five summers ago. And we went and we almost didn't go like, cause we were in, we, you know, we were, we had to be in, we do a lot of business in the UK, obviously on the music side. So we didn't go specifically for ESL. It was like a, it was like a side trip cause we were already in the UK. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of pressure to go. And I remember, you know, it's July or whatever. And it's like a beautiful day. And we like rented bikes from the hotel and like we're on the Rhine river and we're like riding up and down the path. And it's like amazing. And we're like, yeah, oh, we gotta go to this thing. You know what I mean? We have to, yeah. we go to this. It's like, yeah, I guess we should head over. So we did, and, and, and it was, man, I'm glad we did because, you know, forget the business we started. It was like just sort of life eye-opening, right? You know, you walk into this arena, there's like 15,000 kids there. You know, I had been there in the past with, say, a follow-up boy or something like that. It would be a similar place that they play. Mm -hmm. um, Love follow-up boy, by the way. All right, cool. When they, start, when they start back up on tour, hit me up. For sure. <laughs> Uh, I can't extend that to all your listeners, but I think no, no. to you guys. Yeah. Fair. Um, um, 
We're, oh, yeah. So walk in, 15,000 kids. You know, the production is as good as any major concert. The shit, you know, lights and sound. It's paced well, right? CSGO is easy to understand. You know, five on five, good guys, bad guys. I mean, all those elements exist. You know, maybe something like there was the bomb thing. I didn't understand the bomb thing, but everyone else did. Yeah. Right. right? And so you're like, man, there's like 14,999 people here that get this. It doesn't matter that I don't get it. You know, the energy, yeah. The energy yeah. yeah. And they're going nuts. And it's a bit like a soccer match with the flags and, 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 and all that. It's like everything that I kind of like, you know, and no one knows about it. Really? Yeah. Right? It's so, un, this untouched gem. Yeah. It's like this untouched gem from five years ago. And the other thing we noticed is it was like the reverse. Of, let's say go back to Fall Boy, a Fall Boy show where, where you get the same kids, maybe 70, 30 uh, girls to boys. It was the girls bringing their boyfriends to. Follow Boy, and you know they basically said, "I'll go to Follow Boy if you come to ESI with me, like or ESL with me next month." Yeah, and it was like that was like the deal they made. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it was just it was just eye opening, you know. And 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 we came back and said, "Okay, well, you know, in our relatively advanced age, you know, we're wise enough to know that you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Um, but maybe the wheel, and I say this a lot, maybe the wheel needs a different tire tread. You know? Yeah. And right. so." Let's start nations. Let's sort of make that front facing part. Let's fill that with like people in the know, people that understand esports, you know, also known as like younger people, right? Yeah. Yep. But let's set up the back end with best practices because, you know, making apparel, distributing apparel, selling apparel, doing customer service, all that stuff, it, it's, it's the same. It's all the same. Yeah. It's all, it's all the same. So we, we had the back end pretty much. We just built this new front end that became nations. You know, this, the second event we went to was also equally as eye-opening because it was the exact opposite. And it's sort of where it sort of shoehorns into the punk rock. We went to a, we went to a, a Call of Duty event in Vegas before franchising. It was like MLG, or, you know. And uh, it wasn't, a, you know, we sort of expected it would be, okay, we're walking, there's another 15,000 kids. And it's like, wasn't at all. It was like maybe 2,000, you know. And getting there on Thursday, you know, there's like 100 teams in this open bracket. and like literally 90 of them are like amateur teams, you know? Right. And like literally 90 of them are about to get their butts kicked by the passion pit as they call it. Yeah, sure. But, but, you know, you, you know, as you, as I look back at it, you had like, you know, I forget who was in the finals, but it was the eight you'd expect. Plus those sort of two wild cards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To sort of create the, you know, it was like, you know, it was a United and optic and like whatever. And, And then like those two outliers, like you say, and, like the whole drama worked and, but just walking around on Thursday and Friday, and this is pretty big too. It's like, obviously they got themselves there to Vegas. Obviously they've, they're practicing or training on their own at home because they're not terrible. Right. You know, it's like these guys definitely have a unit and a team yeah, cohesion. They have some level of confidence to them. Right. I'm like, man, that's punk rock. That's what we used to do. That's exactly what we used to do. Yeah. Let's figure out how to get to some place and do our thing on our own. Yep. Which you've like, been practicing on your own, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which was like, wow. Yeah. The parallels are actually very similar when you put it yeah. that way. Yeah. And so for me, like, like, I'm like, man, if I get a chance to do this again, again, luckiest guy in the world. Right. It's, uh, it's interesting that you kind of got those two, the two different experiences. Like your first experience was, you know, Counter-Strike. That's been, I mean, that's where I, I grew up playing in high school. I actually competed at LAN in Southern California mm-hmm. and Counter-Strike. And then 
I used to follow that stuff when I was younger, but no one else did. Like I could talk to, you know, a fellow football player on the team and be like, Hey, yeah, counter-strike. And he's like, what? I'm like, you yeah. know, it's like the pros, man. Like the cyber athletic league, the CPL summer and winter and all that stuff. But Europe is definitely way more, I feel like advanced when it comes to like esports events. So it was actually kind of cool that you got to see that side of it first. And then fast forward, seeing the call of duty side of it and how much of in its infancy it really was. Mm -hmm. And especially in a place like Vegas where it has so much potential for that 15,000, you know, member arena, like, you know what I mean? I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Every, 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 every experience has been, you know, you know, learn something new every time. And it was, it was great. And it's, uh, but those are my two sort of baseline experiences. Right on. And, uh, since then, obviously, you're you're still going at it, so something's going right. Um, how have you seen, I guess, since those uh, initial experiences in esports? How have you seen esports grow? And in turn, I'm I'm assuming that your business has grown and stuff. And just what kind of impact do you think e- esports is having or is going to have on the entertainment industry as a whole, like going fu- in the future? I mean, it's already clearly had an impact you know i mean it's it's you know everyone from brandon yuri from panic of the disco to like zed or known gamers you know yeah right and 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 uh we've not quite got, got it over the line but we're hoping this year you know obviously 2020 was a bummer for everybody but but uh you know this year getting some ideas back on track and we'd like to try to marry some of this stuff a little bit more not so much like in a merch way but sure we can do that but isn't an experiential way Right, you know, between the music and the and the and esports, and look, and in terms of consumer spending, it's clear that that there's this, you know, certainly on the gaming side, that there's a there's a shift of of, of spending into gaming away from other forms of entertainment uh, and sports. I mean, that's oh, all that's all there. I mean, you can call it the sort of sort of direct stuff like the actual spending and the indirect sort of uh, stuff like you know. Just, just you know, trend and, and 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 just sort of habits of people, and just finding these, you know, finding people that are doing both. Um, it will, you know, it will continue to impact as far as esports generally. And I say this, you know, in in an absolute, almost like a parent way. It can be a pain, you know, that baby can be a pain in the butt, mm-hmm. so to speak. It may wake up in the middle of the night like seven nights in a row. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's like our baby, and it's. It's getting there, you know. Um, we're trying to. To me, it's like again, you know, don't always have to reinvent the wheel. I, I, I totally appreciate. I totally appreciate that esports is going to be different than the NFL or whatever, or or traditional sport or music. You know, I also recognize that you know, Hundred Thieves or Phase Clan or Fnatic to some degree are sort of, again, they've established themselves and they've sort of stated we're going to go above being a gaming org and be a lifestyle brand. Right. Know? I love that stuff, you know, Ruka, Billabong, Hurley, whatever. You yeah. Know? It's, it's just the next, it's just the next generation of that. You know, what we're trying to focus on is the teams that, you know, these orgs and teams that want to, you know, exist and serve their customers and their stakeholders as competitive gamers. To me, that's a sport. It doesn't matter how much time you spend in the weight room or whatever. Football right. Player. Right. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's, 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 it's a sport and, and, and uh, you know, t- to us again, that's where some of the best practices kick in uh, on the other side of the equation. You've got a market, especially coming out of COVID um, called the traditional market 
mostly in Europe right now, stores like Game and, and, and JD Sports and Sports Direct, they're starting to, I wouldn't even say they're dipping their toe into it. They're like, we're ready to go. We're ready to start selling eSports next to Premier League football jerseys, you know? So we're working through all this. And, you know, so I always use the term, you know, tides raise all ships. And I think, you know, what Nations really wants to be is we want to support those teams. Um, we want to be like a sort of a, a Switzerland, right? You know, Nations to me isn't a brand. If it's like 47 or it's like, uh, you know, New Era, like right. you have on, yeah. like you like New Era, you're like, oh, that's a great hat. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, but because you wanted a Washington hat, not because you wanted the New Era. You Correct. see New Era as a, as a quality. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Nations we want, you know, we're working nations to be. And, 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 uh, you know, so our, our sort of mission is to work with as many teams as we can find these tiers, you know, and service these teams in the tiers or, or better put service the, out, the, you know, the outside sales channels and just build the business. You know, it's, it's like new tire, same wheel. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, yeah. and we, go ahead. And we come in and we come into it with that experience because, We've got our front facing, you know, our first, our art director was actually one of the guys we, we met him at in Las Vegas when, you know, Chris and I were standing there. It was, you know what it was? It was Call of Duty and Overwatch, right? Yeah. And, and Overwatch is like, whoa, what's this arcing orange laser thing with this weird looking character? Like, <laughs> we're like standing there, Chris and I, and you know, dude, I'm 51. So this is what, am I 47 back then or whatever, 46? Like, yeah, we're standing there going, what is that? And then we hear this voice behind and it's like, Oh, it's this, this, and this. And we're like, it's like, you know about this stuff? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah. And, and it's Josh. Josh, uh, he's been our uh, employee number one and he's been our art director since that, literally since that day. Wow. You know, so, so, uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, the, uh, you know, our backside is, uh, you know, I've got a, I've got an apparel manufacturer that spent years at Disney. Our CEO is from IMG, you know, traditional sports. Like, so we just mix that together. Right. Yeah. And, and we just, you know, we just build it out every day. It's really cool that you mentioned uh, being at an event and talking to someone behind you. And now that person, you know, is working with you because we like we talked about it a couple of podcasts before. Like, you never know. Actually, we talked about it with Andrew uh, last podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, you never know what one conversation or, you know, random event can do to like kind of pivot your life or change things or you know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. You could have a random conversation with a random stranger and next thing you know, they're your business partners or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah it's always so cool great. to hear those stories. Yeah. And that's what makes, you know, that's what makes sort of being on this side of the, you know, a little bit more of an entrepreneur. It's that, that that's mm -hmm. where those moments, those are those moments to thrive and that's where they're made, you know? So. Yeah. We always talk, we talk about it too. Uh, like this next generation, like the uh, younger generations coming up, it's more about that uh, interaction, like, you know, that vibe you have with someone, that relationship that you can build, like whether it's through a random meeting them or a conversation, it's more about like how you feel with a person rather than what their resume says these days. Like that's how they operate anyway. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. Jimbo, you got the next one. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at it, man. And I just like sit like, just like how yours and my relationship kind of started storm. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm career army, like I'm going on 12 years in the infantry, dude. And I had no idea today I was going to be trying to put my foot into the esports industry. If it was not for COVID, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, we probably would have wouldn't have met. Nope. That's <clears> interesting. <throat> How'd that happen? 
So I stopped playing Call of Duty um, when Call of Duty Ghosts came out. Um, I just, like I said, I've been career army. So uh, just doing doing my job, you know, like just trying to be the best soldier I can be, the best leader I can be. Um, and COVID hit, everything shut down. And I started gaming a lot more because we had to stay inside. Yeah. And going Same back here. <laughs> to, yeah, going back to my Counter-Strike roots, you know, my parents took my computer away from me when I was a kid because I was on it too much. And I wasn't focusing on school. And this is when I kind of did a 180, started playing football, got my grades done and everything, joined the army. But um, I started thinking, I was like, man, it'd be kind of cool to like, compete again. Cause like, I just love competition. Mm-hmm. So I started like looking up on Google, like clans, like competitive, like I had no idea what kind of went into call of duty competitive. Didn't know what the game modes were. Didn't know literally anything. And lo and behold, I started doing some research and I get my foot in the door and it just opened up this whole new world that I had no idea existed. I had no idea that esports and Call of Duty lives on Twitter. I didn't know that the, the amateur scene was going to be riddled with young kids and it was going to be toxic, toxic as all hell. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in doing that and competing last year in Modern Warfare, you know, I met Storm and then him and I kind of sat back. It was just before it was like November 1st, just before Call of Duty Cold War uh, kind of yep. kicked off. And we were just like, yo, like, let's fucking actually do something with this, man. Like, cool. we were sick of we were sick of losing because we were we were older guys. Like, I turned 30. I, I say old, you know, I'm much younger than you. But I mean, I turned 30 this year. But I mean, I mean, as a player in this game, the younger, the better, you know. Yeah. And um, I was just like, if I could if I could make an impact in a sense of more like steer the sport in a direction for where like someone that has kids can be confident that, okay, maybe I shouldn't take that computer away. Maybe I can actually see that potential mm. and maybe my son could go pro one day or, or do something in the realm of esports. I would love to kind of steer that train and make that impact. Yeah. Yeah. So, being being millennials, we're kind of like the bridge between like that older parent generation and like the next generation where we uh have that non technology life experience, but we also grew up with technology when it boomed. So mm-hmm. yeah, we just we both met on the video game, like completely random, like just playing video games and then, you know, we kicked it off personally. And then we saw a gap, you know, especially in the Call of Duty scene where uh it's like a lot of younger kids, you know, run around like chickens with their heads cut off, like no real direction, no real guidance. Um, all of the, uh, most, uh, majority of the, uh, amateur organization within they're being run by kids as well. There's no real business structure to it. There's no guidance. There's no, uh, mature, um, I guess leadership, you know, involved. So we just saw a gap and said, Hey, like we have a chance here to maybe start something and fill that gap and at the same time with content like this podcast for example bring people in who have a certain level of expertise in different facets of esports and broadcast that out to these younger kids and hopefully show them that you know even if you don't make it as a professional player esports is huge there are tons of opportunities within you can get a cool job in esports you can work towards that with you know being in school and stuff keeping your grades good like you can still do what you love in a in a way, um, 
yeah, that's basically our our motto and our goal and our mission is just to, uh, you know, broadcast esports in a good light and uh, kind of help the next generation along the way. It's great. No, it's perfect. It's what, yeah, it's what it's what it's what's needed right now. Yeah, yeah. and like like Jim said, if it wasn't for COVID, it probably wouldn't have happened because it just it was like a, I don't want to say a perfect storm because. You know, if we could go back and, you know, reverse COVID, I'm sure all of us would, but um, we were dealt the hand that we were dealt and it kind of sprung an opportunity, right? And here we are. Yeah. You guys have never met, have you? Personally? In person, no. Uh, no. This year. This year you will. Yeah, this year, for sure. I, either I'm going to go down there or he's going to come up here, one or the yeah. other. Yeah. I got to buy this man a beer. <laughs> yeah. He's Canadian, so bring a lot of money. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I was going to say when you, if and when you do come up here and we go to a hockey game, dude, the beers, they are so expensive in that arena, bro. You have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine it being similar to what beers are at, at concerts down here, man. Yeah. It's yeah. probably the same, if not a little worse. That's why um, you're just getting trashed in the parking lot prior to. Yeah, next, tailgate. Next, next podcast i'll explain to your listeners why concessions at arenas are so expensive like we can go through the math okay yeah. that'd be a good topic yeah well you uh, had mentioned uh, no go ahead, sorry, Jim. Go ahead. You'd, you'd mentioned like the opportunity for these events to be something a lot bigger than what they are today i was i actually had the opportunity in 2019 um to go to the indy 500 mm-hmm. and thinking about the entire buildup all the way to race day, you had all the events that happened prior to. So everyone kind of brings their RVs, parks in the middle. We had like Zach Brown band playing the day before and like all kind of there, you know, you have like the Viper pit or whatever, where like Skrillex was playing at like five o'clock in the morning and all the college mm-hmm. kids doing that. So I could imagine like esports blowing up to where, who knows, Fallout Boys playing like a halftime show or something like that between a group stage or something like that. I think, sure, you know, sure. looking at sure. that. And, and I can tell you if, if, if you're a, if you're a, you know, a, a you know, a budding event promoter, or you want to go get into live events, these sports, I, I would, I would say that, you know, once this clears, it's the best time because the bounce is going to be, Oh yeah. It's going to yeah. be massive. I, you know, we, we have a, on the music side of the festival and, here in Nashville that we uh, were, were invested in and, and work on every year. And it got canceled last year, but you know, I was on the phone with one of the guys this morning and like, like the joke is, is like my old band can get back together and still sell it out. You know, everyone's going to want to come. Everyone's going to want to percent. So if you can put something together and you want to, you know, you're going to have an advantage in terms of selling tickets. hundred percent. Another cool. thing I wanted to bring up uh, before we cut off of this is I'm not sure how familiar you are familiar you are with Fortnite, but they have kind of reinvented well not reinvented the wheel but they've like created a whole new uh i guess opportunity where they actually had live concerts within the game i don't know if you were aware of those like with some artists uh some rappers and djs and stuff like how crazy is that that you know at one point you know music was just you know band you show up to the venue you know this and that COVID hits, whatever, this video game blows up, and now all of a sudden you have people virtually attending a concert. Like, that's just cra- mind-blowing to me. Well, I mean, it's, you know, they were onto something, I, and, and they didn't even know it. You know, all that stuff happened before COVID, right? But then once COVID hit, we're all suddenly going, how do we, you know, how do we sell tickets to a streaming event? And how do we, 
attach a Shopify store to it so we could sell a merchandise booth. You know, that was our, like, uh, that was our year last year. You know? Right. So yeah, I mean, again, more, 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 more similarities. Yeah. It's just another example of, right. Those similarities in that integration. It's just really cool. Yeah. You, you know what I'm going to say though. It's like still going to see a band live and there's a whole, Oh yeah. Nothing beats that. Yeah. We'll all like agree it. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, I just had one more uh, question for you uh, before we hop into our next segment. Uh, mm-hmm. If you had to, I know it's 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 really cliche and kind of hard to break it down into top three, but for for younger people who might be watching this podcast and you know they have a passion in whatever it might be, uh, just on a general basis, what would your top three you know pieces of advice be to someone who wanted to start a business and you know really uh, push that entrepreneurial side of themselves? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably the top three would be, you know, it's, it's especially in esports, um, you know, because I, I, I don't know if you guys know, but we also, we have a, also have a small venture fund. So we've looked at a lot of deal flow this year. And, you know, so, so the things that I would say are, it's like, I know it's easier to say than do. So forgive me, but like, you know, try to do something that no one else is doing. You know, right. Yep. I mean, it sounds obvious, but there's a lot of like, 10 guys are doing this, 10 guys are doing that, Yeah, you know, and, 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 um, you know, so you can, you can improve your odds by, by trying to find something that no one else is doing. Um, second thing is, is it's okay to fail. It's okay to fast fail even, you know, it's, it's like, you know, my past is littered, littered with stupid decisions and, you know, big mistakes and, and arrogance, but you know, as long as your, your positive side is better than your negative side, you're, you're, you're ahead. Um, so it's okay to fast fail and, and, um, it's okay to come back up. Like, I don't know if you guys played little league, but when I was a kid, like if I get hit with the ball, I just take another swing before I could take my base. I mean, it's like, you got to step back up to the plate and I just keep going, you know? Right. Um, you know, the third thing is, is, is future proof this business. You know, you, you guys touched on, you guys touched on the toxicity, you know, that's a major, 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 and you're never going to take it past where it's gonna hit a it's gonna hit a ceiling until that's fixed, right? Right. And I'm, and I'm talking, you know, male and female. I'm talking, you know, um, the kinds of sponsors and 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 stuff, and the and 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 the you know the sort of messages that boards start putting out to make it, you know, to to be able to make this a truly mainstream. Yeah, that stuff needs to be put into check. So I, I, I you know, anyone that's backing, backing, uh you know, initiatives like that. I think there's a huge, huge need for that. And, right. I, you know, so, so, uh, female founders, you know, super important, you know, um, you know, just, just understanding that you may be here today, but where you want to be is here and, and realize that, you know, comes with some sort of reality, you know, certain realities. Yeah. You, you know, um, those would be my three, my three, uh, off the top of my head piece of advice those are great it's interesting it's actually really interesting you say that because like i look at it and um you know like we talk about how we're trying to bridge that gap one of the biggest things that you know our bridge needs to connect is your generation with the generation that we are mentoring 
Never going to happen. No, I'm just kidding. So, like, so for example, for example, I uh, I belong to the National Association of Esports Coaches and Directors, which is the mm-hmm. it's a huge initiative, a huge association of bringing esports into uh, high schools and colleges, and like even middle school, mm-hmm. because there was a disconnect with COVID. Uh, teachers weren't able to connect with their students to a certain extent. You know, now everything's virtual online. Esports is another way to kind of help develop kids. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the biggest things that is stopping that is school boards of people that just think video games is just literally just that, like kids just playing video games. It's violence. It's this. It's that. But if you open their eyes and you bridge that gap, that is where it's going to flourish because it's only going to go. It's going it, before we know it. Ten years from now, the NCAA is going to recognize esports, and we're literally going to have televised college teams sure it just we just need to break down those barriers yeah. so it's actually really interesting that you say that uh and it's actually builds a little bit more confidence and in, and in, in like my mission personally the resolve of what we're trying to do in the amateur call duty scene as it is right now because as far as i'm concerned a company like us starting up or like anybody that's that's wanting to look for some sort of like sponsorship or like investors to kind of help them out and grow you know you're gonna want that kind of like mature backing behind it rather than just like some young kid that's got a Twitter page that really has no idea what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's actually really cool. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and it's, I just hope kids, you know, you know, it's a, it's a small world, no matter, no matter what angle you want to come at, you know, no matter what, 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 what you, your politics are. I mean, the reality is it's, it's a small world and, mm-hmm. you know, just being when playing in bands, it's like, you know, the, We'd, we'd wait weeks to get letters, you know, right? And it's yeah. like, these days, it's like, I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm probably going to be a slightly better parent, but, you know, you know, my, my son's on channels all the time. For all, he's like, oh, I'm talking to someone in Slovenia. Like, yeah, I kicked his butt. It's like, yeah. here you go, man. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, sure. But it's like, it just, it just opens up so many doors. Yeah, 100%. You know, language, understanding, culture all that stuff but you know also shows you how everyone's so the same too because we all got the same controllers or the same you know it's the yeah. same key and the same strategy for the most part you know? for sure all right we're gonna cut to uh the final segment which we like to call tweet break break dance <laughs> <laughs> i mean we could add that to this segment if you want but uh so basically i i did a little dive into your twitter uh and tweet break essentially means i pulled out a few that you know need a little breakdown or i want the the inside scoop as to what you were thinking when you tweeted it or whatever uh okay so the f- first I'm one I'm, but I'm good no, no. <laughs> i picked good ones don't worry uh I'm just going to read them out to you. The people, when they're watching this, they're going to see it up on the screen, but uh, I'll read it out to you. And uh, yeah, you just take me back to where you were at, what you were thinking when you uh, tweeted it. Cool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So the first tweet is, the next time somebody calls you Chewbacca, don't take offense. Instead, realize that he is the single greatest wingman in the history of the universe. <laughs> so I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so I was really interested what you were thinking when you uh, sent this one out. When did I say that? Uh, this was March 16th, 2019. Oh, ancient history. Man. <laughs> um, I, I would still say that. Um, I, I can't recall 
because my advanced age, I can't recall the exact moment, but I'm assuming you're a huge Star Wars guy, though. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, come on, you're eight years old in 1977. You're in the movie theater, and like this massive Imperial Star Cruiser comes down the screen, and you're like, oh my god, you know that 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 is you know that stuck with me for 43 years. You know, mm-hmm. um, so yes, the answer is yes. But but um, I mean, what it means is it's like I think it just means it's okay to be the you know the, a man behind the man or the woman. You know, everyone has their role, right? Yeah. And 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 uh, if it, you know if if if, if you're gonna if, if Han Solo sort of represents that sort of front facing figure, you know, Chewbacca is uh, the wingman. Yeah, of a company or a band or 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 anything that that. Uh, a smart hand solo is going to know that he couldn't do it without Chewbacca. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. And Chewbacca should know that, 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 you know, he, he plays a big role in Han Solo. Yeah. And you can apply it everywhere. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Chewbacca and wisdom together. Love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. Uh, gym bag, cycling shoes, heart rate monitor, water, headphones, and a can of chicken soup. <laughs> so the picture is a picture of your gym bag. And yes, there indeed is a random can of chicken soup in your gym bag. How did that yes. get there? <laughs> uh, I'm a cyclist. Okay. Uh, I was actually the uh, senior state champion in ni- 2019. Wow. Of Tennessee. In the nice. road race. Right on. Second, second place in the time trial. Um, um, so there's phases where I'm really serious about my training and there's phases where I'm not so serious about my training. I would say that the the 2020 was a year of not being so serious about my training. I'm sure you're not um, the only one to say that. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, there are times in my training blocks when I'm serious. It's like I'm really paying attention to diet. Um, and probably doing short interval type efforts. Right. Right. So I was probably probably going to a spin bike somewhere where I didn't have to be on the road and I could do like blocks of 30 second efforts or five minute efforts or whatever it was that day. Uh, and the chicken soup is, is, is pretty much a, like today I'm sort of in a similar thing. Breakfast was two eggs and some brown rice. Lunch was chicken soup and two, uh, two, uh, rice cakes. I'm taking my son for a two hour hike around five. I'll come home and have a salad. I'm going to get like a serious calorie restrictive mode. Right. right. But all my workouts are really short. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the chicken soup is actually a a staple in in that diet for you. I literally ate it that day. Okay. Right on. Well, that answers the question. (laughs) Real quick. um, If you're on a super, I just discovered this website the other day, but it's called eatthismuch.com. Yeah. And you literally just insert the type of diet you have and then like how many calories you want instead of 1,800 calories a day. Mm -hmm. And you just hit. You hit okay. So how many meals do you want to do it in? So I hit I hit eighteen hundred calories in three meals. You hit generate, mm-hmm. and it literally gives you three different meals yeah. that are just going to get you that calorie. That cal- let's check that out. What's it called? Oh, you cut out, Jim. I accidentally muted myself. Uh, <laughs> it's called eat, it's called eatthismuch dot com. Eatthismuch dot com. And these guys don't pay you guys any consideration, right? You're no, just happen- no, yeah. no. I'm just helping out a. But if they wanted to, where can they reach you? They could reach us at, or they could reach me at jim.phillips at 
I actually can't say the yeah, email. So we're <laughs> we're literally days away. Well, actually, you can say it. It'll be out by then. Go for it. Jim Phillips at Coalition Esports dot com. There you yeah. go. Eat this much. So we are yeah. literally uh, after this podcast sometime this evening, dropping our first promo hint at when we're launching our rebrand. So going back to. Uh, failure and fast failure uh jim and i initially tried to start this uh, business up in november and uh before meeting andrew and getting you know a lawyer involved we we hit a trademark blockade i guess with our original branding Mm -hmm. and uh so we had to you know reboot redo everything and uh yeah so we're about to launch this rebrand in five days from now so and i'll be the first podcast yeah you'll be the first one after yeah yeah and the branding is so sick and yeah, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Last tweet yeah. from you. Yeah. Uh, so tweet goes, amazing questions from the NYU music business majors tonight. I'm thinking about this one. So it's a picture of you taking a question. I, I was yeah. just curious on like what you were doing there. It was interesting to me. Yeah. I've, I've occasionally sort of guest lectured uh, at colleges, which is hilarious because I don't have a degree myself. Um, but that night was, you know, I got invited. It was, I remember this, this one, I remember, um, walk into, you know, one of those classrooms. that looks like a theater. It's like, yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. And like, I'm like, okay, you get a mic. They're like, now we don't have a mic. You have to yell. I don't really have a high voice. And then they're like, yeah, we, and my plan was to basically do very interactive entire time but they're, they're like yeah they didn't tell me before but like two minutes before that i'm supposed to start they're like yeah we didn't really like that uh we got your company deck we just downloaded the pdf from your website can you just take <laughs> can you just take us through this and i'm like what a boner killer <laughs> yeah totally. so i did I, and i remember thinking to myself as a pdf deck it's like and we do merchandising and guess what you know all this sort of stuff why don't we do art you know it's like uh Oh, e-commerce. You know, it's like <laughs> super boring. And I'm like half my brain's talking out this way without a mic. So I'm yelling. And then half my brain's going, man, this sucks. <laughs> you know, you know, right. and so Miller. this goes for like 20 minutes. And then uh, at some point, the professor mentioned I was in doing esports stuff, too. And I forget how that got tied in. And I maybe got one or two questions about the music business, but the, I swear to, swear to you, the next 35 minutes. Were all esports questions right on yeah yeah and it was and that was like more of my thing because it's like walking up and down the aisles i'm also hard of hearing too because of music so so it's like i have to walk up and it's just it was much more interactive and i think it was I, I, it was a really rad experience in the end better better Pretty suited cool. to your personality i'm assuming that more interactive uh yes. feel. yeah yes yes for sure Right on. That's super cool. Yeah. I was just, I saw that tweet and I was just curious, you know, seeing you in that like lecture hall, uh, setting, I was like, yeah, yeah I was just wondering what was, what was being talked about, what was going on. That's awesome. Yeah. I was just, it was a uh, seniors in the music NYU music business program, which is actually a very, you know, renowned program actually. So right on. Definitely an honor to do that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up, Jim. You got any uh, last questions? Uh, no, man. I just really appreciate you coming on to the podcast, man. It's just really a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, dude. You know, yeah, this is fun. I really, yeah, these are fun. You know, it's, 
Another Huntington a, Beach head, you know? I know, bro. <laughs> a small world. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Patrick, real quick, uh, I'm going to put everything on the screen uh, when this is edited, but real quick, where can everybody find you? Uh, where, where are you located at? Your socials? Uh... Yeah, hold on. Yeah, no problem. I got to change this because actually I'm no longer the CEO um, of Nations. The chairman of the board. Oh, so there's an upgrade. Got an upgrade, but my uh, yeah, it's We Are Nation CEO at We Are Nation CEO is my current Twitter handle. Okay, so I'll drop that um, on the screen and uh, yeah. WeAreNations.com, correct? WeAreNations.com, and. Yeah. All right. Right on. So everybody, if you made it this far in the video, make sure you go hit Patrick up with a uh, follow and, uh, you know, show him some love over on his socials. And again, thank you, Patrick, for uh, hopping on. This was like a super cool podcast for us. Uh, like I said, we just started this not that long ago, a few months ago. And uh, getting uh, your perspective on esports was honestly super cool for me. I'm a huge music. Like I love punk rock music. Uh yeah, hearing your history and stuff like that and how it interacts with esports was awesome. So thank you again. I appreciate it and uh, hope to have you on again in the future. Well, thank you guys. And I hope people enjoy this much. I think so. Um, yeah, for sure. Have a good All right. That's it for us. Thank you. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe on this video, share it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Signing out. Peace.